This is the Amateur Skeptics Podcast number 302. I'm your host, Brian. Joining me this evening, Mac. Good evening, everybody. And Ian has returned. Greetings. We have started casting for the film adaptation of my life story. It's getting worrisome that each time someone comes in to um, read to play me, they end up institutionalized a few days later. <laughs> this one of those odd coincidences, I guess. Oh. And Madcat is with us. Hello, hello. I might be bringing out my cards and my little ball of watching for the future. Your crystal ball? I have a crystal ball. <laughs> is it real crystal? I'm not sure, but it has a whole bunch of little circle, little bubbles in it, too. You know, the, when we My talk mom about... gave it to me, and she said that I can see multiple futures with it. Crystal is just a... a uh, it's a notation, essentially, on how clear the glass is. That's all crystal is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this one has bubbles. Then is it... I mean, would it be still crystal if it has bubbles and, and you know, has clarity issues? Well, it's not bubble bubbles. They're, like, little... They're completely round circles in it. I think that if it's got bubbles in it, I think it's referred to as crystal. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> or crystallis. <laughs> you know, my I guess you know that it's funny. You, you um, oh god, not tw- Quentin Tarantino, Four Rooms, when he's drinking the crystal. That's what I that's, I go to immediately when I hear crystal now. Yep. Hey. My uh, my certainty on this is absolute. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Absolutely, absolute. So just like commercial with uh, Ryan Rendell. So Ian is going to be featured, a featured author. What is it? Shepherd dot com. Yeah, Shepherd dot com. So um, it's just a um website trying to promote books and reading and such, and um, they reach out to authors and. Um, say, hey, you, if you throw together a, a list for us, we'll feature you for on our site. Okay. So they offered. I took advantage of it. Yeah, sure. And what are but, some of your books that mess with reality? You're going to have to wait until um, my feature comes out and read and learn. Cool. We'll guess titles throughout the episode tonight. That's what, that's what, that, that'll be the plan. Based okay. on the story that we read, but then we'll, okay. guess the, uh, we'll guess the name of the story that Ian's going to tell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What do you think? I think that the list is going to start off with uh, the first George George and Armand story, and it's just going to go on through there. No, the list itself had to be other people's stuff. So these are other books. And uh, actually, I think I have three series of books in there and then two individual books. All right. Well, cool. So keep an eye out for that. Anything else? Well, I think we're going on to the next section. Okay, probably. what time is it? It is time for Ian and Dumbass's Masturbation Moment. Brought to you by the Dumbass The Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment. Brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. So I guess, the, yeah, the, well, the first name of Ian's story will be the Brit that didn't get his dildo. Yeah, so you see, this time, instead of doing our normal stuff, we're actually kind of doing something more dramatic, more emotional. I mean, these people, 
uh, you know, what, what they're going to have to go through. You know, we, we need to feel some sympathy for them. Because apparently the Royal Mail strike leaves kinky sex star Brits dildoless at Christmas. How the postman stole Christmas? Hey, there's one. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I guess over in the UK they're having some issues and um, the Royal Mail people are on strike. And so stuff is not getting processed very fast at all. And yep. so the, a guy from the... Ooh. GetFruityCo.com? Yeah, I looked at this site. I mean, it's kind of, you know, it's like Adam and Eve or, you know, or some, some you know, adult sex site. You know, pretty, pretty nice. Uh, he's been talking. The otters have been flying in since September, and they're running a 24-7 operation to get them out. But then there's the backup with them actually being delivered. That's insane. So, if, if that's true, I mean, that 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 is... That's a lot of sex toys. If they're working, having to work twenty four hours to to ship out sex toys, that I mean that's that's kind of awesome. You know, I'm thinking drone delivery. <laughs> hey, yeah. I I I would not mind seeing, you know, hundreds of drones flying around with dildos strapped to them. <laughs> okay, that's a different that's a that's a different story. <laughs> that that is different. Yes. You know that that is one of those stories we covered from Amazon, right, a while back. That that they, that you know they're going to use drone delivery, and I certainly, I mean, there's talk of that, I guess, but I don't think I don't think there's an actual program being run yet. Is it there, is there a pilot? Yet. It doesn't it really. really doesn't. Yeah, I, I agree. It doesn't seem practical. But uh, you know, uh, I I think that the uh, I think that uh, the uh, Santa Clauses on Disney Plus proved, proved that it can be done. Christmas every day. I'm looking at this site, and it it actually, I mean, it doesn't look like it's got a hell of a lot of stuff. It looks pretty yeah. basic. Looks pretty boring. Yeah, it does look kind of pretty pretty boring. I if it, I mean, if they're really shipping out, well, I mean, I guess there's a lot of stuff, but it's not. It's good. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty basic sex toys, butt plugs, nipple clamps. Mm. It looks. I mean, I guess it looks like. I mean, it's good. I don't know about the pricing. You know, um, there it's all in pounds. So yeah. So good. Well, I, it, so they always but, get pounded. Well, you know the, you know they're all about the pounding. Mm-hmm. It is, uh, you know, well, you know the thing of it is, you can make nipple clamps in your own home, so it's not like you need to buy them. As long as you've got uh, access to the two different types of paper clips, you're good. But still, the the issue is, according to our guy from the site. If it isn't resolved pretty soon, there will be hundreds, if not thousands, of sex starved bricks this Christmas. So I had That's a, really not in keeping with the festive spirit. That's funny. I had had a story a while ago about uh, dildos spread across the highway because a truck um, right. got into an accident. Uh, that that was a while back. So that 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 was in the U.S. <laughs> but th- this is probably actually more serious because there is an actual mail strike going on. Right. And so, and so, but what it doesn't tell us is anything that that is actually going about on about that strike because we we as much as I'd like people to get their sex toys, the workers are on strike. They probably there's probably a reason, right? And so maybe we should worry less about the dildos that aren't getting delivered and what and what the people's demands are and what needs you know that that the workers aren't having met. Mm. That is a point. So, uh, so, so, you want us to educate ourselves <laughs> on the real world? Well, I mean, I know that's not in the spirit of this show. I got it. I, I understand no, that, not. right? I'm, I mean, I'm under. <laughs> I'm. I have no delusions uh, about about that. But it does. Wait. It does seem to me that 
obviously they're on strike for a reason. <laughs> well, and the weird thing about their strike is it doesn't seem like it's day to day. It's, it's almost oh, like really? they go to work one day because there's date, specific dates they're striking on listed, which is what got me going like, wait, what? So Why would you? In some are ways, they striking on dates that are designed to put pressure? I'm guessing, like Christmas. Apparently, because nothing's getting through. So yeah, okay. Uh, well, it's all delayed. But I mean, come on. So it it's isn't. So it isn't every day. Things. So I, I don't understand that. I the, it, this is a different way than we oh. strike in the U.S. Oh yeah, definitely. Everything about it. That's the thing. So there's a list of strike dates. So so I guess in some ways it it hurts more because the drivers come in one day, they strike the next. How do you get people to you know um, to cross picket lines to to do the mail delivery for one day? That that well, is they, that seems quite disruptive to me. It is disruptive, but it's much more fun to talk about things like you know getting <laughs> the the poundings that aren't going to be happening because dildos aren't arriving. Well, they can always <laughs> go and get a whole bunch of seagulls. Yeah. So you know, remember, we did have that one about the seagulls zipping around with uh, condoms, playing with it, tossing it around, and freaking people out. You know, I, I think that the uh, I think the real tragedy here is not the dildos, but the uh, the edible underwear that's not getting delivered <laughs> and is going past its sell-by date. Yeah, because if that stuff if that stuff sits around too long. It gets uh, it probably you know gets hard, right? And so you try to put it on, and it just cracks up. Yep, <laughs> that's kind of funny. And so, Brian, for your knowledge, apparently um, okay. the strike is centered on pay and conditions. Okay. So do we? Okay, and of course, I, I mean, we have our own mail uh, problems in this country. Yeah. <laughs> This one too. Oh yeah, there, there you go. Yeah, we we have a, a we have a bad postmaster general who's really yeah. screwed shit up. Mm. And well, I think he was supposed to. It's, it's, Trump came in attacking the postal service and appointed about the worst person possible to run things. And I think his job was to try and see if he couldn't make things worse. And he did. Yeah, well, he did. Trump ran a cacastocracy. Uh-huh. Cacistocracy, government by the worst possible people. Oh, yeah. Okay. <sighs> yep. Okay. Well. We, I don't completely understand it, but it's not easy to replace the Postmaster General. Yeah, they, they're still working on that. But they can't just say, hey, oh. bye, you're, we don't like the job you're doing, you're gone. Somehow there's there's a, whole there, there's a committee that well, they I, have to replace I, people on the committee to yank him. Yeah. I, I think that... I think they actually have to have a court martial to release, replace the postmaster general. I, I no, <laughs> I don't think so. Well, I mean, he's a, he's a high-ranking officer. Uh, no, it's not that kind. It's not, not a military <laughs> general. Doesn't require a court martial. What should we want to here? Hmm? We got we've got anti-LGBTQ. We've got Nostradamus. Banned books. I've got some myths about water. We could bitch about James Cameron. I definitely want to bitch about James Cameron. You do, okay. But you know the whole the Nostradamus thing. I could have predicted that one. <laughs> I I do think I feel like we should hit the Nostradamus thing for sure. And then uh, Mad Cat's some stuff. Got some stuff down in here. Working together, uh, animals. Un, un, I guess it, is it unlikely animal pairs working together? Different animals working together. Okay. It's uh. I don't know. Ian, how do you feel about your stories here? Uh, well, it sounds like everyone's all for hitting Nostradamus. Are you okay with that? Let's hit yeah. Nostradamus. Let's, let's definitely hit Nostradamus. Nostradamus. Yeah. Nostradamus. Sounds good. Nostradamus. The thing of it Nostradamus. Is, uh, the, 
the thing of it is on the Nostradamus thing, we didn't hit it, as it turns out. Oh. Is this it? No. Wait, this looks uh, like a... One of his prophecies says that his prophecies would not be discussed today. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay, I only read one of these. You've got two in here. They're, they're very similar. Okay. So here's the problem. This one's like more is expanded. That, the, the one from... What is this? What is it? J-A-G-R... Jagrat TV? What is that? Yeah. I have no idea. This, 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 reading this, they don't realize that, that they're a garbage site. It's like they don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's not really surprising. <laughs> so what have you got here? So, so, so I mean, okay, you've got two. Which, which one? You've got, I guess. Well, they're both kind of almost the same thing. Um, so let's just do Nostradamus predictions for 2023, including okay. a great war, because that has yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, more of the predictions. All right, so I'm sure all of our listeners want to know, even though most likely this um, podcast won't get posted till after the new year, they still, you know, predictions of what's going to happen in 2023, I'm sure on all their minds. They're like, you know, we, we need... You know, we need that psychic to tell us what's going to happen this year so that we can know. Because you know our listeners. I mean, they're all <laughs> yes. about this kind of stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All about so, Nostradamus. And you know the respect we have for Nostradamus. We've talked about him in the past, and, you know, he just wows us. Yeah. But, no, I actually um, got into this stuff because of a comment someone made on Twitter talking about, you know, we need to look seriously at this. Nostradamus has predicted the Great War and all this other stuff. He's and never predicted about to happen. I'm like, Yeah. He never predicted shit. Never. Uh, wait, how do we know that the Great War in 2023 is the one he's talking about rather than all the other great wars that happened in the last over the last century? Because the people that want to believe his crap are looking for ways to believe his crap. Yeah, so... You know, Sylvia Brown's interpretations of Nostradamus <sighs> are far more accurate. <laughs> so anyways, the first one is apparently there's going to be a great war this year. Um... That actually is one of the things you look at. It's like, yeah, th- there's a good possibility of that because we never finished up the great, uh, the war that's been going on for all this last year. <laughs> so, yeah, so this I is mean, supposed to be a great war, which a great war you'd think is much more than, you know, a couple countries. Well, here's well, here's here's the questions that I have, right? Okay, about okay. about this prediction. I mean, number one, what what is the actual text up that 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 they're referring to? Do you do we know what that is? Does it say in here what they're actually trying to? Uh, um, and it, it is interesting though that they're trying to that they are taking these usually they're retrodictions. Yeah, where you know essentially that they and this and this is probably what's going on a lot here is that they they look at what he said and they yeah. and they and they and they and they put a whole bunch of junk onto it and say look he predicted this. It's like well, they but if you read meaning. it, yeah, they assign me exactly. Yeah, you know the problem is that the Civil War that he's talking about. Actually happened in 2016. <laughs> and it was followed war, by people died through evil, and it was followed by an infinity war. Oh, oh god! <laughs> but no, that um, yeah, I, I thought I had a. I'm wondering if I didn't have an extra article I forgot to put up for that actually had the predictions because I remember reading, you know, what actually said. But in this article, the only thing they give us is seven months great war, people dead through evil, and obviously that's referring to 2023. How could it not? Well, but here's the thing that yeah, see, so that that doesn't say anything about it about an act the actual time frame, does it? Well, well, hold on, hold on. Oh, okay. There, there is a seventh month in the 2023. <laughs> I think they may be onto something here. <laughs> see, see. 
Yeah, it but really... you say everyone's the whole Ukraine Russia thing is supposed to escalate according to the people that um are believing this and that you know things will be pretty um next level next year. Oh crap. We if have... we die I can't see So Deadpool here's the thing that this really is a this this really is a retrodiction because the prediction could be referring to the conflict between the uh, Ukraine and Russia, which could escalate to World War Three next year. Right. So they're just glomming onto the fact that there's already a war going on. Say this could escalate. It's like no shit, right. Sherlock. <laughs> Are you suggesting that the people that believe in fortune telling look for patterns that really aren't there? Listen, I. I, I read in the Onion an article that about you know the, about the the difficulties of psychics because of because of Hollywood to, when they're doing their predictions to, that they can't tell whether it's just being done in a movie or real life. So that's really what's screwing up the predictions of psychics. <laughs> wow! And, 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 and you... while they haven't written that article, they should because it's good. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one is celestial fire. Yeah, what is this? I have no idea what the hell. uh, Apparently, celestial fire on the royal edifice. I mean, would that just be gonorrhea? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It is suggested that from the acid civilization, a new world order really emerged. (laughs) The celestial fire. And what? I mean, we're going to go to Great War and nuke us all out. And then later in the year, we're going to just emerge with a new, better civilization. That's, I mean. Talk about a quick recovery from a nuclear war. I mean, that's how with it we are, apparently. So, uh, next is Mars landing. Yeah. So I read that too. Why are we on Mars? Uh, uh, we've been there. Why is what? But here's and, the line. Know, here's the line. Up. The line is lights on, uh, uh, light on Mars falling. That's the prediction. And from that, the they're interpreting, and th- this is where this is where it all falls apart. The fact that they admit that they that they're interpreting that to mean right. Yeah. That's where everything falls apart. So I mean, once again, we can interpret this to mean any fucking thing we want. Mm-hmm. This is always the problem with this shit. It's just uh, it's, it's mind-boggling that anybody yeah. puts any stock in this garbage. And then of course the next one, economic disaster. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Okay, that happens like every year somewhere in the world. More, yeah, but... I mean, more retrodicting because they're at they're attaching COVID right. and the yeah, Ukraine I war. Love the, I love the fact that on this one, so high will the bushel of wheat rise that man will be eating his fellow man. Ooh, I mean, that's, that's poetic, and at least it at least it goes to show that the the price of soylent green will remain stable. <laughs> that is good to know. Ah. Uh... And then apparently global warming. Really? <laughs> so I think like, okay, we've been saying that's going on for a while now. But the Black Sea's living fish shall all but boil. The Black Sea doesn't have any fish. That thing is so it's it's such it's got such a high salinity content, right? That uh, I don't think there's any fish in that. Am I am I wrong? Well, the fish probably already boiled then. Because that's an inland, isn't that an inland sea, much like uh, the, uh, the Great Salt Lake in Utah? Yeah. Am I, am, I, am I wrong? Oh, no, maybe I'm wrong. Well, wait, no. And then, of course, we have growing levels of civil unrest. Oh, we've got that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I saw one person on Twitter specifically say that, oh, Nostradamus has predicted that there will be an American Civil War next year. All right, all right. No, no. Wow, okay. 
that's what actually got me looking at these predictions to begin with was that one thing. I'm like, okay. And not surprisingly, I don't, this is what I found looking for that kind of stuff. And like I said, I think I actually had a third article, but I don't know what happened to it, that actually had more of the actual full-on prophecies that they were looking at. That would be more and interesting, it, right? Because yeah. because what is the text that, that they're misinterpreting? Yeah, well, also, why have they decided these are 2023? Yeah, and what else has the text right. been interpreted as prior to this? Well, right. exactly. That's the other thing, right? Is that these? Are, it, I mean, they're just reusing all of his. All of his stuff has been already predicted, right? Yeah. And the, and they, and then they're just reusing it, you know. Yeah. Well, you have to take it and update it to the events of the day. It's like, oh, we were wrong twenty years ago. This is actually referring to what's happening here and now, even though you you know nothing's changed. You can't tell the difference in the wording. And twenty years from now, we're going to claim it's um we misinterpreted it then, and it's really about the active events now. Didn't work out well for Harold Camping, did it? Uh, not very well, no. But, uh, you know, uh, regarding the uh, salinity of the lakes and uh, and fish survival, there are fish in those high saline locations. Are there? But, yeah, there are. They just have very high blood pressure. <laughs> I walked into that one. Mm. <laughs> It's just, it's so crazy, isn't it? I mean, the, the, the I mean, this stuff just never dies. It's, it, I mean, yeah. the human, humans are so into this kind of mystery mongering, right? As well, a species, the, the, we are. How, the best... how many times have we talked about the end of the world on this podcast? I know. It's been a few times. Um, and, you know, it's, it's enough to say that uh, people are now projecting that our podcast will be the end of the world. <laughs> but, you know, the, 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 the worst thing about humans is the best thing about humans, which is that we look for patterns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And true. we are we are susceptible to seeing patterns that don't make sense as much as we are susceptible to seeing patterns that do. Okay, which one of us is pestilence? <laughs> <laughs> it's me tonight. I'll yeah. take war. You'll take war. <laughs> Oop. I just punched my mic. And all we got left is famine and death. Which one you want? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with death. Death's normally uh, made to look like one of the cooler figures and everything. So. I think I agree with yeah. that. Yeah. Death is probably well, good. I'll one more I'll take, for... Uh... I'll take famine. <laughs> Isn't there one more? That one would um, be... No. So they, they've switched around a bit. Uh, you know, Like in Good Omens, they dumped... Um, I think it was famine or pollution with um, pollution. Pollution. Yep. Well, and then, of course, if you go back to the book of Good Omens... There were the four writers of the apocalypse, and then the four yeah. other writers of the apocalypse. <laughs> Basically, the biker gang joined them, all of who were mortal, by the way. But they thought, okay, we'll be cool, and we'll actually pick our own, um, whatever we are. I just know you're not supposed to play poker with tarot cards because my understanding yep. is that death drew a royal flush, and <laughs> things were not good. <laughs> no, the the original joke was <laughs> okay. I was playing. I was playing. It's from Stephen Wright, by the I way. I thought really because I thought I, it was Terry Pratchett. I, uh, no, I. I thought it was Stephen in a Terry Wright. Pratchett book. Um, maybe. Okay, go but ahead. No, no, the, was, tell the Stephen Wright version. This was Stephen Wright. I played poker with tarot cards. I drew an inside straight, and seven people died. I thought okay. Well, obviously, I I don't know. I but I know the joke, right? But I I really thought it was from a Terry Pratchett novel. Was where it originated. Mm -hmm. We're gonna have Terry to fact Patrick check that. Well, we can check. We can the fact only check thing that. I remember, on only thing I remember with death and playing cards, was uh, 
playing a game of cripple Mr. Onion with with uh, Granny Weatherwax. <laughs> Granny Weatherwax is a great character. Oh yeah. So since since we're since we're kind of just uh, since we're just going through fluff, how about we do James Cameron? All right. So I think I, I think for years, and I think that there's been different like studies. I think you know throughout the years, people have gone back and forth on this. But so when when Rose and Jack are in the icy water, Rose gets up on a, a floating door. Yep. And the argument has always been that Jack could have just gotten on that fucking door with her. Yeah, and he didn't have to die. Supposedly, yeah. Yeah, and so James Cameron recently, and it, this plagues him. <laughs> and I guess I, I, I can, and I can see why he would just want it to die, right? Because it kind of doesn't matter whether Jack could have lived or not. He needed to die, right, for right. the because story. Died. Yeah, for the story, <laughs> and and that in James Cameron, that's kind of his point. But he says that they did a they did a study, a scientific study that says. And they got they got two people with a bunch of sensors, and they put them both on essentially a you know a door of you know equivalency. And he said that they that they couldn't have we made tortured it. Tortured them for hours and hours. Exactly, so. tortured without with a bunch of sensors on their body, and that they could not have lived that if Jack had gotten on the door. And my argument is that was like, yeah, but there's plenty of other driftwood around, right? Couldn't he have just found another door? <laughs> well, I mean, the the, the real reason. That Jack could not get on the door. I, I think you've all heard the theory that um, that Jack has some things that he says during the during the uh, conversations with Rose that don't make any sense temporally, and that the theory is that Jack was a time traveler who came <laughs> back to save Rose. No, this, don't no, know. yeah. Oh, hold on, hold on, hear me out. This is this is not my theory. This is. This is a theory that's actually been voiced by a lot of people over the years. Like he mentions a lake that won't exist for for several years after the Titanic disaster. I remember seeing that one. But no, yeah. I, I go with the theory that um, Jack survived and renamed himself. Ah, okay. No, I, I hadn't heard that one. But yeah, no, so they... basically, the, the, the idea is that um, he actually has the jewel and okay. fakes his death, gets back there, starts a whole new life. And people have pointed out how, if you look at the Great Gatsby and read the story on how his wealth is, it was a mysterious thing that came out of nowhere, kind of thing. Okay. And so the Great Gatsby is basically Jack living with all the guilt and stuff. And I know. Did you guys also know that Jar Jar Binks was actually a Sith Lord and he was just playing dumb? Yeah, yeah. I've heard that a lot one. More sense. Now, <laughs> see, the thing of it is, the key here on the whole Jack as a time traveler thing is that this is a James Cameron movie, <laughs> and. That, um, that he, Jack actually had to go back to make sure that Rose, Rose Dawson arrived, <laughs> survived the survived the Titanic, and uh, so that her descendants could be John Connor. No, so that her descendants could create Skynet. That's so oh, good. That's okay. so good. And there's also absolutely no way he could have gotten on the door with the metal frame that he was built on. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and it's not that he froze to death so much as, you know, essentially his processor shut down. So anyway, I just I do find it amusing that that how how this plagues him, because I, I think it does go around. And I think it probably he, it does come up to him a lot. It doesn't matter whether he could have survived or not. As Ian will tell you, sometimes a plot device is a plot device and it just yeah. has to happen that way. Right, Ian? And even yep. getting scientific proof, people aren't going to listen. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't make a lick of difference. Nope. Well, 
and from the plot point, he had to die in order for jo- in order for Rose to um, to become who she should have become. Yeah, exactly. I mean that that that's the whole thing, right? Is yeah. it just had to happen? But well, I do find the controversy funny. Oh yeah, yeah. I find it amusing because you know it's based on a real story. And, so. and I, I kind of wish that the movie had gone down with the Titanic. <laughs> you know, I I enjoyed the movie, but you know, I I love the fact that they are taking a fictional story about a real event and they're they're matrixing to, it together with another fictional story that's about a fictional event, The Great Gatsby, simply because the actors in both movies. Okay. Uh, it's it's okay. I don't I don't think that James Cameron is going to have to worry much when I, I've been reading the critic reviews. Of of the way of water, and he's gonna have a new controversy. <laughs> this yeah. this oh. this will all blow over because people are gonna be mad at him for something else. <laughs> I you know I I know that originally Avatar was supposed to be five movies, and he's he's already said that he's cutting it down to three because because it's it's exhausting to do and incredibly expensive. It's already already been filmed though, right? I mean, I don't I don't think that's true. If you I, I mean, I, I no I. I I think he had all five plotted out. I thought he, I thought he filmed them all at the same time. Oh, because see, now we're off on a tangent. No, see, I, I think he's working on number three right now. I, I don't think really? he's planning to take. Really, I thought break. that I thought it's all filmed. I thought he, I thought it was all filmed, and that he just had to put them all together, right? Because it takes him ten years to make one of these, and these are coming out <laughs> yeah. one after another, right? So they, they've well, all got to be filmed. Are you doing the wind and the uh, the air and? Oh, does he have to do each element? <laughs> Is that yeah. what's going on here? Does he? Oh my god! Well, he's I mean, got to do, but the 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 you know the most exhausting CGI that they have to do on those movies is they've got to go over everything with a fine tooth comb and make it appear as if Sam Worthington has charisma and acting talent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so okay, so this 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 one is about water bending. So what was the last one? Was that earth bending? Or earth or bending. was that is that earth bending? Okay, oh. so so he'll still have to do fire bending and wind bending. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, because I, earth bending, I mean, you know, you can't get through that without. Uh, damn. All right. Damn. It's okay. So We're, you're saying that the last the last of the Avatar movies will be the last Airbender? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's I'm where that that's where that whole joke was going. Yes. Yes, that's that's where it was going. <laughs> Matt, tell me about animals working together. Which one are we doing here? Are they well, all kind of go together? Animals working together. Well, the whole thing basically is that there are animals uh, that are not the same type of animal. They work together. Um, one of the first ones I had noticed uh, watching Casual Geographic from YouTube and TikTok, he does information on uh, animals and one of my favorites is about the relationship between wolves and ravens um, because they have a much more integrated relationship than you would think. I mean the the ravens actually play with the cubs. They'll fly over them with uh, with sticks and drop sticks for them and stuff like that and we have said before about how ravens will... Uh, will fly over an animal that they are hunting so that the animal is 
that the wolves do not um, lose their uh, their kill, lose where where it went. So the raven does that. So what about with the, the sticks? They, they drop the sticks. You you claim that, that, that they're playing with the cubs? Or, I mean, because how do you know they're not just practicing their aim? Well, that could be too. But <laughs> the thing is, is that they they are constantly, they will go and play with specific specific cubs, even on the ground. And they they retrieve things. They, you know, they help each other all together. They, they play. There's mutual respect between them. Uh, when not seeking and collaborating over food, ravers di ravens dive in for a bit of mischief and pull at the wolf's tails, and the wolf have been observed chasing them around. But they don't kill them. You know, the puppies play tug-of-war with sticks with ravens flying overhead, and they poke the puppy with sticks to provoke them. There's evidence that singular ravens and wolves develop individual relationships. It it's, uh, seems to stem from each species' unique combination and social intelligence. Hmm. So the, it stands out as one of the most notable in-depth and symbiotic relationship. Because so they, I, I, I got a weird theory here. What if it? What if the ravens are actually intentionally domesticating wolves? <laughs> we did it. Scary, isn't it? <laughs> Well, ravens yeah. have been have been uh, quoted as having an intelligence of at least a at least a child's intelligence yeah. up to about four. The the point but, is that when the ravens come after us, they will be riding warks. <laughs> that is possible. <laughs> it's it's an interesting. It. I mean, I I don't I, I don't know. I would have to see a lot more. I I wonder. It, it seems. Watch just, the Casual Geographic thing. I will. I'll watch that. It it just it just seems like that are are we are we are we over are we are we over um over uh thinking what exactly is going on there? Yeah. <laughs> are we are no we anthropomorphizing? That's what I mean. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I'm getting at. Are we anthropomorphizing? Well, well I would think sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. You I'm my brain I was, lost. I was I was going to say I would think that we would tend to err in the opposite direction, considering that these are just animals and they're not smart. Mm -hmm. uh, but I but uh, well I, I disagree with that right from the start. Um, no, you don't see that all the time. Well, maybe we do. I I don't know. I I, th I feel like I see that less than I used to. I mean, I think that yeah. I think that we I think that people are starting to recognize, and particularly birds, are so intelligent. I mean, when you look at, mm -hmm. you know, the, the crows and kea parrots and, and stuff like that, it's hard for me to, it, it's hard for me to, I don't know, maybe maybe some people think that they are just dumb animals. I mean, we know that Most the, people. Yeah, I mean, we know the whole thing with wolves, like the alpha wolf and the pack thing, that that's been destroyed, right? That, we know that that's the, total that's garbage. That's not real. Yeah. Well, and, you know, remember, of course, that none of these animals would even have names if we hadn't named them. Because you know Adam named all the animals. Oh, you're right. Exactly. I forgot about that. Yeah, and and we were thereby given dominion over all the animals because we named them. Didn't you name some? It's 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 an interesting thought experiment, and uh, I mean maybe it is going on. I just I, I'm I. It's the first time I'm hearing about it, and I'm and I am the idea that Watch they're the working video. together. Very oh, interesting. Will. Seeing yeah. what exactly they do together. I just all right. And they play together. Yeah, it's, so it's interesting. Weird. If There's you a lot saw of this, that play together. Brian, if you saw this same relationship 
between wolves and say a bonobo, would you believe that the bonobo was cooperating and domesticating the wolf? <laughs> I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting question. I, I I don't know. I honestly don't. I would want to see more of yeah, it, right? Exactly. I'd want to see a lot more 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 data points um, to know that we're not just in, in misinterpreting and anthropomorphizing. Okay. I got some stuff I've seen ravens and crows do. Here's that... the thing: crows play. I, yeah. I absolutely. Mm-hmm. We know that we know that they do. I mean, that that those videos of them sliding down a roof. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah, and, and, and terrorizing cats and, and fighting with yeah, each other. So I so I get that crows play, and the idea that they might play and antagonize wolf cubs, I I I I I, I that's certainly a possibility, but. This symbiotic relationship that they're trying to build here, this, this story that they're trying to tell, this idea that that you know that they're helping each other in 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 these ways is, I mean, it's it's just a little bit. I think that it requires a little bit more investigation. Maybe it's there. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's like interesting. Said, watch the videos. I, absolutely. Yeah. I got to watch a raven chase geese out of a uh, out of a a turn into a parking lot and he left the, he left the geese alone once they got out of the street. But as long as they were in the street, he was chasing them. Hmm. <laughs> and it's cause cars come around that or I assume it's because cars come around that See, corner and are, there's very little warning. Maybe, or he just wanted to chase them and it was a territorial thing. <laughs> he was playing King of the Hill. Could be, or uh, look at uh, factors like, uh, Animals that uh, actually work together or work to help other animals, which is kind of a weird concept in a sense. But uh, there had been a uh, blue whale or a very large whale. I forget the type it was. But it got between a diver and sharks and was pushing her away from them, Hmm. uh, getting her away. And she didn't realize, she thought that it was doing something against her until she saw behind it the sharks. And it has been noted that they also uh, get between sharks and their uh, orcas and their uh, toys, you might say. Okay. But, I mean, there are a lot of species that do work together and do a lot together. Yeah. Yeah, there are. It is interesting. I'm looking through this list of, of 10 other species that work together. And, like, the mm-hmm. one that is like the classic is the uh, the clownfish and the sea anemone. Yeah. Right. We know that we know that there is a symbiotic relationship between them. Because we mm-hmm. saw it in a Disney movie. Well, no. I, I, <laughs> in this case, Disney actually got something right. Yeah, but with fronds like that, why would they need an enemies? Coyotes and badgers. That, that's an interesting <laughs> idea. Me. I mean, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 There's the idea that that species are helping each other is is it, it makes it does make sense. Yeah. yeah, well, you got uh, you got crocodiles and birds that clean their teeth. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's a and, weird one, isn't it? Yep. Not really. I mean, the birds are getting, you know, they're getting a little bit of carrion, and the crocodile's getting, uh, you know, dental work done. Uh, six month cleaning. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Water buffalo and, and cattle. A few where the birds kind of clean up after the bigger animals. Well, dung beetles clean up after you know elephants. Yeah. And we have ostriches and zebras helping each other. Yeah, that's interesting. Tell me about that one. That one is uh, because it's it's really interesting because both of them have 
a heightened sense of alertness and a lowered sense. Uh, zebras have excellent eyesight, but they don't have a great sense of smell. Ostriches have a great sense of smell, but poor eyesight. So they work together to stay alert to, to predators, relying on the eyes with the zebra and the ostrich's smell. Since they're both prey animals, right, I see them, I can see them working together, right? Yeah. Um, it's when you've got a prey animal and a predator working together that, that I start to start to wonder. Like the uh, Colombian lesserback tarantulas and humming frogs. Okay, there's an interesting one. How does that work? Yeah, that works because they they coexist together, and uh, the spider and frog live in the same area and even live in the same burrows as well as none others. The frogs use the spiders for protection from predators and food, and usually get leftovers from a tarantula's meal. Okay. And in return, the frogs eat the ants and other insects that might otherwise feast on the tarantula's precious eggs. Okay. I can see how that might work. I, I, I like the, the coyote and the badger, right? That's an interesting one because those those animals should have a mutual respect for each other because man, if they weren't to, if they were to fight, they could do a lot of damage to each other. Yeah, and they have. Yeah. They do fight with each other. I mean some do. But, but they'll then also there's work others together. that have and then there's others that work together. Like the coyote will dig out the or the uh sorry, the badger would dig out animals from underneath and if the animal gets out from the hole past the badger then you have the coyote being able to run it down sure mac did i cut you off sorry I, i'm fine okay I, i'm looking at this one about the honey the honey badgers and the honey guides and i can see way way where the honey guides might really respect the relationship with the the honey badgers, but I don't. Th I think the honey badgers just don't care. Yeah, they don't give a shit. That's what I've heard. <laughs> they don't. They don't care about anything. No, but honey badger the thing don't is, give a is shit. That, you know, if if you're going to have another animal show you where exactly the food is, um, not that their smell sense of smell isn't uh, good enough as it is, but if you have something else helping you, you know, honey badgers are not that clean of eaters, so. <laughs> It's very, very easy for the birds to get food out of that situation. We see that with but, with parrots and stuff like that because they're they're actually lousy eaters too, and they drop a lot of stuff on the forest floor. And so other animals, you know, they're they're essentially feeding animal other animals when when as they're eating. So so there is a symbiotic relationship there as well. Well, to be symbiotic, what what benefit do the Parrots were gained from Well, this. maybe not. Oh, well, okay, maybe not. But it's certainly good for the animals that the, when they're dropping shit, right? When they eat a piece yeah. of fruit and eat half of it, and and uh, you know it lands on the lands on the ground. So I, maybe not symbiotic is not quite the right word, but certainly there's an ecosystem there, and they're helping to feed mm -hmm. that ecosystem. I I think if you were to ask Tango about that, he would say he's saving it for later. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's also the pistol shrimp and the um, the gobies. I like pistol that shrimp. They're so cool. That that is wild. So the gobies willingly go near the pistol shrimp, but uh, they're good at catching prey. The shrimp are vulnerable to predators because of their bad eyesight. So the gobies have great eyesight. They act as the seeing eye fish for the shrimp, keeping their tails tail fins in contact with the shrimp's antenna to signal when danger is near. 
and in return, the gobies get free access to the pistol shrimp's burrows so that they can both hide from predators. Okay. That is cool. That is cool. Yeah. Uh, this number 10 one about the meerkats and the drongos, I don't, I, I, I'm iffy on that one because the birds will often false alarm so that they can get the meerkats' food. So I don't know if it's really a working together situation or if it's a bird's capitalizing on something, it's situation. Uh, it's possible. Both get but something out of it. They, yeah, they both do get something out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like the birds are a bit of, um, you know, assholes, but still that doesn't mean the monkeys don't actually get a benefit from letting them be assholes. Uh, yeah, no, I don't know. I, <laughs> Brian, do you know any birds that are assholes? Every one of them. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I have to support that. <laughs> I got to give you that one. Uh, oh, I am getting a scornful look from George. I right bet now. you are. All right. One more. Let's do one more here. Let's go ahead. Ian, do you want to do your LBGTQ one or do you want to do the book banning? Let's do the um, anti LGBTQ. All right. Because this is a bit of a disturbing thing to do. It is a little bit of a disturbing thing. I to mean, do. you know, and okay. So um, the headline is Anti LGBTQ Orgs Launches Alert System to Protest Drag Shows. Basically, in Texas, you know, you know the people that live in Texas, man. They're, they're pretty messed up. <laughs> Every yeah. one of them is an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Texas but is Texas. In Texas, someone started up this thing called Defend Our Kids Texas, where you can go in and report um, drag shows that are going on so people can gather together and go protest them. And I, I mean, they're not even um, pretending it's just the all ages drag shows or anything like that. They're saying drag shows in general. They won't go protest all of them. So, I mean, even loses their one little weak justification for what they were doing. You but know, the, this started because of the successful shooting of a drag show in Colorado. Right? I mean, that, that, I mean the, oh, that worked. Now, but so now, so, so now let, let's start. Let that, since, since, I mean, since the fallout from that has not been as. Um, well, I'm sorry. If you're dumb enough to believe that jackass who did the shooting is non binary. Uh, I got some swampland in Florida. I want to sell you. I don't even. That, I, that well, me off well to okay, and I and I, I I don't disagree with that. And the conservatives right? keep using that. They're like, "Oh, this wasn't a hate crime because he was non-binary." It's like, no, no, no. It's no. still a hate crime, it, and it maybe yeah. it, and even if he was non-binary, the, the, then this is a self-hate crime as well. Mm-hmm. That's right. True. So so let, 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 I mean, you can you can accept the fact that he might be non-binary, and still say that that. The problem is that we have a society that didn't accept him, and so mm-hmm. he lashed out against other people that were accepting the way that they were, right? It doesn't make it any better whether he's non-binary yeah. or not. It's still a hate crime. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, it, this it, is like saying that a woman can't be anti-woman. What do you mean? Right. No, this one's going to be interesting to see how it plays out in court. Cause, but you know. but and, what you're talking about here— the, the, this is escalating that situation. Yep. This is basically trying to set teams up ready to, you know, go go to the next extreme. And so I was about to say, um, while the, the event happened down in Cairo Springs, I have a group of friends who were at that actual club the week before. So if this guy had upped his um, events by one week, there's quite a good possibility people I knew, I know personally would have gotten shot. Yeah. 
That that and that's scary, and, and that can happen in any of these situations. It yeah. does make it a little bit more personal. I understand that. Oh yeah. It, I I I'm sitting here and I'm looking at this. The the site's lead face is a host for conservative broadcast, and she's calling drag performers pedophiles. Yep. They and that's, groomers and all this other bullshit. That's going back to some old, yeah. old crap where, yeah. like from the 30s, where. All all gays were pedophiles, according to according to those who yeah. wanted. Actually, I, I oh, just recently had to send on Twitter the fact that no, not all gays were molested as kids. That is an outright proven lie. Why are you repeating that bullshit? Because most people still believe are, it. Yeah. Most pedophiles are are theoretically heterosexual. Yeah, well, it, p- pedophilia itself isn't necessarily hetero or homo or any of that. It's a control issue of yeah, have a bit more common sense. Even if you're attracted to them, don't act out on it. Well, okay, but uh, that but that's the difference between what the pedophile and the pedophilia, right? One is having yeah. the feeling and one is acting on it, right? You can't control yeah. having the feeling. What you can control is acting on it, yeah. right? But you and should be if you— all age drag shows, drag queen story time, stuff like that is grooming, pedophilia stuff. Is apparently events that are completely, totally public— where everyone can watch, and I, I'm sorry, Drag Queen um, Story Time has nothing sexual to it. All age drag shows actually have nothing sexual to them. Not, not and a you can do. go, you can watch this stuff and see that it's about identity, not about anything sexual. But oh my God, kids are connected to something we're labeling sexual. Therefore, it's pedophilia. Therefore, it's grooming. Therefore, we have to stop it. Well, yeah, it's a. Uh, yeah, At the same time, we have a long history of comedy performers dressing in drag. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, Burl. they can be Roxy. I'm not saying all drag shows are family friendly. Trust me, if you, if you go out uh, here, we have a group called um, the Cycle Sluts. They put on bingo. Drag monthly. queen bingo. Yeah, that is not yeah. family friendly. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. Just... But they make that quite clear. We are not family friendly. We have dildos we're giving out as prizes. We have booby cakes that we were giving out as prizes and they are a raunchy raunchy group great bunch of guys but raunchy and, but and they if, can all they can switch over to family friendly if they are doing a family friendly event it's still their personas but they're not doing the raunchy jokes yeah. they're not giving out dildos they're you know having just having a good time the point i'm making is that when milton burl does it as comedy oh it's fine it's acceptable yeah when somebody but, who's but, not milton burl does it it's not acceptable it, well, well, I'm still amazed be? that they haven't I mean, gone after Bugs Bunny. He was meta before meta came out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and Bugs Bunny did dress up in drag quite mm-hmm. a few times. Yeah. He seemed to like it. So I. See, now I think... this weird thing. They actually had this thing on I can talk tonight on Fud, and he's like, "Wait a moment. The only way I can get away with making out with him is if I dress in drag and convince him I'm a woman." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It, it... <laughs> <laughs> it's it is it that one's a mind bender. The, the the misconception that they're portraying, I think, is it, they're conscious dangerous. of it. It's dangerous, yeah. and they're conscious of it. They know it's not true. Some of them, but there's enough people that will follow them that they can gain attention from it. Yeah. Some of them, no, and, and they, maybe they believe it's true, but it's yeah. certainly about gaining attention and power. And right now, um, Fox News and places are upping. The coverage of um, drag queen stuff and upping the promotion of how it's de- um, attacking our kids and everything. That they're really pushing that more and more. All the conservative. The idea that stuff Fox is- News it, it is is news. 
is a tragedy because yeah. it is we've not. Known, we've known that anything Fox is a tragedy since like 19, whenever it came out. So Taxman 3. <laughs> I work with people that that's where they get their news. It's uh, scary. God. Right, you're in Texas. But, you know, the, as far as do they believe it or not, you know, you say a lie a thousand times and, yeah. you know, eventually it's you don't you forget that it's a lie. Yeah, exactly. That's part of it. Mm-hmm. Right. That That's certainly part of it. They, they can't point to where that where, where somebody has been groomed necessarily with this, but they believe it. And so they're going to they're going to continue to spread it. It's scary. Well, we mm-hmm. had um, oh, it's Trump Jr. do a speech, apparently, and talk about how. Um, right now, in our schools, three-year-olds are being convinced by their teacher to change their gender and take on um, life-changing surgeries. And yeah. I'm saying, like, that's nothing not you true. said there was even close yeah, to being not, true. Yeah, true. Especially at that age. It was like, but it, it's a, it's apparently a conservative talking point to make the groomer pedophile um, attack almost daily right now. I mean, we when yeah. people say this stuff, we have to get we have to push them to look further because it breaks down when they problems. look further. I mean, well, I mean, when people bring this stuff up, I you know I challenge it. Yeah, so do I. But they in the end they make it quite clear they don't care. They'll yep. I, I don't know. Yeah, how yeah, that, and that's true. That's true. Groomer, ultimately, they I get don't called care. groomer fairly regularly when I do that. Um, I I have not been called groomer. No, I, I defend. Uh, I've defended drag queen story hour, and oh, you're just a groomer, dude. You've obviously not spent any time with these drag queens. Uh, yeah, I but, was a groomer. I groomed I dogs. I think. I think to be a groomer, you have to Fresh spend more time heart. with. Yeah, it is. In order to be considered a groomer, you should be spending more time with dogs than with humans. Yep. I, yep. Lots of brushing. Lots of cutting hair. But also, one thing I've learned in this group is, anytime you mention anything sexual at all. With kids, they automatically go with pedophilia. But even if it's fact, even if it's uh, they're, they're the ones that will claim that, um, you know, they're very much opposed to age-appropriate sex education. The only thing you need to teach a kid to keep them safe is to not let someone touch you, which has been proven. No, it doesn't work that way. It's not that simple. Here's how um, age-appropriate, proven, you know, age-appropriate sex education that has been proven to aid these kids with what they need is much more complicated than that, and includes all this stuff. Oh, kids don't need to know that. I know better because that's the stuff I'm not comfortable with. So how dare you teach a six-year-old what what I don't like? And yeah, age appropriate, age appropriate sexual education has been known to help these kids with with this problem. Said Satan. <laughs> that, that's very much the kind of comments I've gotten. I, I always very think much. of the the Jeff Jeffries. Um, uh, Stand up where he's talking about when he, you know, he talks about going to heaven and uh, basically, you know, and and he's seeing all his relatives and he's like, hey, uncle that used to touch me. How did you get up here? Oh, you used to work for the church. (laughs) So that one hack, O'Keefer, you know, the guy that did the uh, basically took down Acorn a a little while back. Yeah. um, He actually was trying to make himself legitimate. He's a douchebag. He went and secretly videotaped the um, principal of a private school. What the principal said, this is actually what he said, is we have members from the LGBT community in, in our classes um, for, for the, like, the sex ed for the older students. He actually, you know, that was in there. The, the, you know, these are the teenagers, the later ones. And they will pass out sex toys, dildos and um, anal 
plugs and talk about lube versus spit. Then he said we also will have drag queens in there. Of course, the followers of O'Keefe merged all together and said, oh my God, there's drag queens in our classes teaching our kids how to use sex toys. None of that was ever said. And at 14, I knew what sex toys were. I had no doubt what a vibrator was. Um, so sitting there educating 14-year-olds about sex toys, about the existence of lube, and comparing it to spit, um, just because they're part of the LGBT community, there's nothing perverse about it, nothing grooming about it, nothing pedophilia about it. There was nothing at all to hint at any of this. But uh, the conservative spin was, oh my God, these guys are pe- um, grooming our kids. They're pedophilias. We have to um, attack them. Yeah, that, that, that's, yeah. that's sad. But that's the kind of stuff I keep seeing regarding this. And this um, you know, is a perfect example of that group wanting to go to an extreme. You know? But here's the thing. I think we have to remember that, that this is a vocal minority and that as they lose power, they, 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 they blow up this rhetoric. And, it's, and it is important to just continue to challenge it in, in where, where, it, where it happens. But it, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah. I mean, because oh, no doubt about that. And so, we, I mean, we just have to continue to, to fight. Yeah, and most likely it'll fit the, the patterns we've seen in the past. Um, you know, I mean, as the homosexual community in general is getting more accepted, the conservatives got violent and fought and, you know, spread a bunch of bullshit about it and, you know, re- really went to some extremes. And then they lost and what they were trying to fight happened. And, you know, it is, it is a pattern that they keep losing, luckily. But Well, and, and I mean, even look at what uh, what representative was it talking about, you know, they just passed the... Um, what is the bill they passed for for marriage, uh, just recently? And and there's that, a woman that, yeah. in the house that was begging people not to vote for this thing, crying. I mean, being, yeah, she was in tears over the idea of marriage equality. Yeah, exactly. That was messed up. I mean, that is mm-hmm. is scary. That luckily, even in the House of Representatives, it, it passed. Right, Republicans yeah. voted for this thing. I'm pretty sure that they did. Am I lying about that? Yeah, it, it got a um, fair yeah. amount of. Um, but what? Uh, but what it doesn't do is it doesn't prevent them from attacking Obergefell, right? Yeah. Which, which if that were to then if that were to if the Supreme Court were to take that back up again and say, ah, you know what? Like much like they just did with um, with abortion, yeah. that Obergefell could still be in danger and. It doesn't actually protect the right. Some, if you get married in a state that that says it's okay, another state has to respect it. But you know, remember that woman in Kentucky that wouldn't give out a license? Yeah. Right. That yeah. that and she won't she won't have to worry about that anymore because in Kentucky they won't give out a license for that, which means that we'll have this strange hodgepodge of states that allow it and states that don't. And even if they don't, they have to respect it if they get married in another state. It, I I just think that that's going to be a disaster. <laughs> Yeah. Even with it, with with this legislation. So you're you're agreeing that Nostradamus um, prophecy about civil unrest is correct? Yeah, I think he's right. I mean, I think he really <laughs> nailed it. I, I the the bottom line is that the only pay, the only way that these these people uh, who are fighting drag shows and everything are ever going to get are ever going to go away is if people stop listening to them and if they get caught in a men's room soliciting for. Uh, <laughs> Soliciting for sex. Now, uh, um, <laughs> going off of that, um, you know, wrap it up. Going away. 
So, um, out here in Colorado at Mile High Comics, Chuck, the um, owner, um, before COVID, was regularly doing all-age drag shows. Um, after a couple of them word got out of them being done, and they had the, the Proud Boys and stuff starting to show up and protest. So then um, we had the Parasol Parade. Basically, a bunch of people would volunteer to stand in front of Mile High Comics with um, open umbrellas. So that any any of the families participating in the all age drag shows was basically safe from being seen by the protesters and stuff. And after doing that for a few months, the protesters, you know, obviously the impact died because they weren't able to yell at the people they wanted to yell at. So uh, it pretty much, you know, the protesting stopped. Okay. Yeah. So you know, it often is about just getting attention. Yep. No. I, well, that's exactly what it is. And in the in the cry, you know. Oh, our children! It you know does rally people. Yeah. Um, we see we see it all the time with, with legislation, crappy legislation. You know that wants to you know wants to collect your DNS logs, and, you know stuff like that. That they'll say it's about catching pornography or pedophiles. It's about catching child porn. It's like well, it's it's really not. But when, you know when when you're out there saying that that's what it's about, legislators feel like they have to vote for it because. Oh my God! I don't want to be seen as not as as not protecting the children. Right, right. And they don't know what DNS means. And they don't know what DNS means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So hey, let's it, not, we let's not see... pretend. <laughs> let's not pretend the legislators were you know born in even the last century. No, no, no. You know, it, it's funny because you know those kinds of things when they go to court, you know, some judge is going to rule on it, and he still has a flip phone. So yeah, so there's a lot of miscommunication, a lot of misunderstanding out there. Yeah. And, and, and all we can do is keep educating people, keep, keep talking about it. So, I think on that disappointment that we should say goodnight. Good night, everybody. Good night. That is another sad <laughs> If you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time you're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons share-alike, no-derivatives, 3.5 license. Intro music by Peter Canold. Find more of Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for The Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight. Digital Portraiture.